Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. And in verse 11, then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. Very important to remember that. He is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy or red and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward, and Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Why? Because he was anointed to be king. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for every single person as I preach and minister the Word of God and teach. I thank you that you have anointed me. I thank you that they are anointed, Father God, right now, and that they respond today to the anointing, that it will increase within their life, that it will grow. I thank you, Jesus, that your anointing is for all believers. And I thank you right now as we Just hear from the Holy Spirit, from the unction of the Lord. I thank you that we, Father, are able to know and discern who we are as dear children in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Last week, I started preaching to you about the anointing. And we talked about how the anointing breaks or destroys the yoke. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed. Come on. The yoke shall be destroyed. And we talked about how we yoke ourselves up within our lives with different things. It could be sickness and uh, disease. It could be fear. It could be unbelief. It could be lack. There's many different things that we can yoke up to that will cause us to be bound to the plan or to the attack of the enemy. But can I tell you today, as I minister continuously on the anointing, let me let you know this, that there is another yoke. There's another yoke, and that yoke comes from Jesus. Come on. I bet you didn't know that, did you? You know, when you remove the yoke from the enemy and that anointing destroys that yoke, there's another yoke for you. And that's the yoke given to you through Jesus Christ, by Jesus. And can I tell you that that yoke is light and his burden is not heavy? Amen. Where that yoke from the sin and from fear and from the attack and the plan of the enemy, where it weighs down and it tries to destroy you, it tries to dismantle you, it tries to cause you to be defeated, there's a better yoke. And it comes from Jesus. And when you yoke up your life with him, meaning he's on one side, you're on the other, and you are moving forward, you are advancing forward, you are growing, you are developing, you are allowing his word, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you and direct you and to guide you. You know, you may be like a little weak oxen on that right side. You may be weak in the knees, a little feeble. But if you continue to allow that big ox or that strong ox, which is God, which is Jesus, which is his word, to lead you and to direct you and to move you right along and you stay in line with his path, 
Can I tell you right now, you'll get strong. Amen? And can I tell you this as well, that you don't have to do it on your own. He's with you. See, you are anointed. Say, I'm anointed. The title of my message today is, you are anointed to do. You are anointed to do. When we go back to 1 Samuel chapter 16, it says in verse 6, that when Samuel came to the house of Jesse, that he was going to anoint one of his sons as king. Now, the first son, Eliab, Samuel thought, man, this is the guy. He's it. He's going to be the king because, well, his appearance, the way he looked, he just had that kingly look. He looked like a king. And what does God say to him? Well, don't look at his appearance. You know, we know that in 1 John, it says this. In 1 John, let me read this scripture to you. 1 John, in verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 20, it says, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have knowledge. So this scripture says that you are anointed. Who's anointed? Say, I am. Every believer. Now we know in the Old Testament, which is what we're reading out of right now, is kings, priests, and prophets were anointed by God to stand in that place or stand in that office that God ordained them to stand in, all right? But God, through his new covenant, through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, has anointed you, amen? That should make you rejoice. You're anointed. So that anointing, that was put on David, that same anointing, that same call, that same purpose, that same directive that God gave David, you are anointed as well. Now, you're not going to be a king necessarily. We don't have kings anymore. But you are ruling and reigning through Jesus Christ, who is the king. Amen? So he said, don't look at his appearance, don't look at his height or his stature because I have rejected him. So don't look at all your inabilities. Don't look at how unqualified you are. Don't look at how probably not so great you are. You know, we live in a world where a lot of people have insecurity. It's because they feel like they don't have something that everyone else has. We live in a time where social media has portrayed this as such a, it's, it's heavy. It's at an absurd amount than it's ever been before because you every single day go to a feed and see the best of people's lives. And it has caused you to compare your life with theirs. How come we never see the bad photos? How come we never see the spouses fighting and say, just got done with the fight, feel great? How come you don't see the child acting up? I heard this before. You know what the difference between a terrorist and a two-year-old? A terrorist can negotiate. It's probably not the best joke, but I thought that was funny. If you had a two-year-old, you know what I'm talking about. It's a joke. Don't take it so hard. We can still have fun in the house of God. But let me tell you today, <laughs> that's funny, I'm 
Let me tell you today that you have an anointing by God. It don't matter what you think you don't have. See, we're not supposed to live according to our ability. We're not supposed to live according to our intellect. We're not supposed to live according to what we think we know or we think we can do. We are supposed to live according to his word. We know that it is God's supernatural ability that comes on us that makes our natural ability supernatural. When you receive power, like in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says you will receive power to what? Be a witness. We can't be a witness for God until we receive power. You got to receive power. Now, the anointing is not the baptism of the Holy Ghost, so let me help some of you. That is a completely different experience. Anointing comes in the new birth through the Holy One or through the Holy Spirit. You are anointed. Every single person is anointed. Not some people, not by the way they look or how good they can sing. Gifts and talents do not make you anointed. Amen. I'm not more anointed than you just because I'm up here. The person leading the worship or the person that has fame, you know, that has uh, status, they're not more anointed than you. No, the only difference is they recognize the anointing that's on their life. You got to recognize the anointing on your life. You got to use it. You got to use what's been given to you, amen? In verse 8, or sorry, in verse 7, it says, for the Lord sees, not as man sees. For the Lord sees, not as man sees. Wow. The Lord doesn't look at you the way other people look at you. The Lord doesn't look at you the way you look at you. God loves you. God has a purpose for you. God has a will for you. God has a plan for you. See, when you put yourself in Jesus and you serve him, you're not serving your own purposes anymore. You're not serving your own will anymore. No, you come to the end of yourself and you are serving his purpose. You are yielding your life to God. See, the Bible says in 1 John, verse 27, in verse 27, go to verse 27. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. Wow. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you to abide in him. See, when you abide in God, he keeps you safe and protected. He trains you. He teaches you. He builds you. He shows you whose you are. Who are you of? Whose are you? Come on, whose are you? You are of God. You are his children. He enables you to do his will. He causes you to produce fruit. It's because of the anointing. It's because when you abide in him, say abide. Now, David, we see, is not there in the lineup. So Samuel goes through all the lineup of all the boys, and none of them are it. And he says, well, look, I know God called me here for a reason. You have to have another boy. You have to have somebody else. And Jesse's response 
said, he's keeping the sheep. So here's David, not knowing about, not knowing what is about to take place in his life, and he's just taking care of his father's sheep. He's just staying right where he's supposed to be, right where his dad told him to do, right where he said, you know what, David, go take care of the sheep, do your daily chores, and that's what David was. See, in our life, we get caught up with God's direction. We get caught up with what am I supposed to be doing? What's my purpose? What's my calling? Where is God's will taking me? We get caught up in this for some reason because the reality is if you will just seek him, if you will just abide in him, if you will just draw close to him and live in him and pursue him, you don't have to worry about those things because those things will come to light in you. We don't serve God to get position. We don't serve God to get somewhere. This isn't about a ladder, so to speak, where we're getting closer and closer to becoming something. What if you never got on the stage? What if you never did anything that would what we call great? Because really, the greatness comes from Jesus Christ in you. You're not supposed to be anybody. You're supposed to be what he's called you to be, and that is serving him and pursuing him. Because the reality is, he gets the glory for everything. When David was anointed king, he didn't get the glory. David, God did. It said that he was a man after God's own heart. A man after whose heart? God's. It wasn't a man after his legacy, a man after his name being published and being everywhere. Now, did that happen? Of course it did. Everybody knew King David. Why? Because of who he was pursuing after. Because who anointed him? You're anointed. So David is keeping the sheep. And in doing so, this shows three attributes that I see. First thing is faithfulness. Faithfulness. He was doing what he knew what to do. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 to 4 says, Let not patient love and faithfulness forsake you. Or let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will what? find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. People recognize when you are faithful to something. And people recognize when you're not faithful to something. How many have a business? Come on, lift your hand. Let me see. You have a business. Can I just ask you a question? Is it better when you have someone that's faithful to the job that you've asked them to do? Amen, right? It's a lot harder when they don't do the job you ask them to do. There's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of talks. There's a lot of training. And sometimes that employee just never gets it. And you got to let them go, right? Can I tell you right now, as Christians, as men and women of God, we have to be faithful to what God has given us. We have to be faithful to where God has called us to be. Right now, that might be just being faithful to the house of God on a Sunday morning. Faithful to God in prayer. Faithful to your family. Faithful to your kids. Faithful to your wife. Being faithful. The next thing, committed. David was committed. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, it says, Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So commit your work to God and your plans will be established. Don't worry about the planning. Don't worry about the outcome. See, when Paul was preaching, what was he doing? He was planting seed. 
It says as he was planting seed or planting the word, it said that Apollos watered the word. And then who caused the increase? God. God caused the increase. Did Paul cause the increase? Did Apollos cause the increase? No, it was God who caused the increase. God will cause the increase within your life. He is over the outcome of your life. All you have to worry about and think about is faithfully serving him and faithfully committing your life to him. You don't have to worry about all those things. Amen? Now, let me help you today. Now, I'm not saying that you don't plan. I'm not saying that you don't think about vision and write it down plainly. I'm not saying that you don't just ever think about, you know, what you're supposed to do in the next five or ten years. You can do that, of course. But you are not over the outcome of it becoming done. What you do is you labor, you work, you develop, you grow, and this is what will cause you to get to that place of the final outcome, if I can say it that way. But sometimes if we are driven by the outcome, we won't allow God to direct us in the right way he wants us to go. And we will allow ourselves to get on a path that we think we should go and we'll get off the course where he's called us to go. There was a time in my life where I wanted to move from the location I was at and go be a youth pastor in another state. And it looked good. It was a great facility. There was a lot of kids. I was going to get paid really well. And I tried to make it happen. And I tried to even say, this is your will, God. You called me to pastor. You called me to do this. So why wouldn't you want me to go to this? This is something greater than where I am right now. I tried to make it happen. I even tried to convince my wife. But I knew in my spirit I was wrong. I knew it wasn't God, but I kind of felt God just step away for a second. And there was a moment, if I didn't listen to my wife, who was hearing the voice of God, we would have moved from God's will for my life, and I probably wouldn't be here. See, don't worry about the outcome. Trust God in the process. So what did I do? Well, because of my wife that prays and hears from the Holy Ghost, she said, it's not it. You need to pray again. And we prayed, and I knew I was wrong, repented, called the person, said, hey, I'm not coming. I'm sorry. I'm right where God's called me. That was a hard conversation because I really wanted to go, and I tried to make it happen. How many times we try to make things happen because it looks right? The opportunity, man, this has to be God. Look how big this is. It's not always God. Sometimes opportunities that come, it is a testing moment. Will you stay faithful to him? Will you stay committed to the process? And can I tell you that I'm glad I did. See, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Wow. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Reverence, awe. How many of you still fear the Lord today? See, when you fear the Lord, it helps you from getting out of the plan that God has called you to. Because you start thinking about him first before you start thinking about yourself first. Well, our pastors use this story multiple times, and I'm going to use it real quick. But there was a time when God told him to leave his job and to go to Bible school. And he did that for a year and a half where he didn't have any income of his personal own, just the income of his wives, of Pastor Christie. And they weren't making near as close as what they did before. And it's because, and can I tell you that they were fine, that God provided for them. 
is because of him being faithful and committed to what God told him to do. And it looked crazy. Like, I mean, how many people would leave your job if God told you to leave your job? You'd be like, that's where all my security lies. But the reality is it doesn't. It relies in him. It lies in him. Now, I'm not saying quit your job. It's not what I'm saying. If the Holy Spirit tells you that, that's another story. But see, God will direct you to do things that will stretch your faith. That will stretch your faith. Faith has to be used. Faith has to be applied because what good is faith if it's not used? We're not just getting spiritually fat and full of knowledge. No, we are using what we are receiving and applying it to our life. See, every single one of us should be at a place right now where faith is being utilized within your life. If you're not utilizing faith right now, then you need to really check your heart. You really need to see what you, right now in this moment, are living for and going towards. Now, it says this. He was keeping the sheep. The third thing, consistency. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, 15, verse 58, therefore, my beloved brothers, be patient and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Be patient, be immovable. Always abounding in the work of who? The Lord. Knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So when we work for ourselves, it's in vain. It's vanity. But when we work for the Lord, it's not in vain. See, there is a process of your life where you are going to have to be patient and movable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. And can I tell you that that time and season is forever? It's your whole life. It's really easy to love your life and to love what God's doing when everything's going right, when everything is going your way. Well, what about the moments when it's not going your way? Where do you revert back to? Is it to the old man, to the old nature? A lot of times it is, but it shouldn't be. It should go back to his word, to your Reincreated spirit, what has been changed, or your regenerated spirit through the new birth. You go back to that, you know what? I'm a man, I'm a woman of God. God's with me, God's for me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I'm not going to get weary in doing well. No, I'm going to rest in the promises of God. I'm going to cast all my cares upon the Lord. I'm going to stand. I'm going to endure. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to push forward. This is what we do when all things seem like chaos, when all things seem to be working against you. Because the reality is, you will be tempted. We know that temptation comes. It says that when the day, or when that day does come, because it will come, stand. 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 Stand in what? Stand in faith. Stand in the armor of God. Stand in what God has given you. Not in your own work. It says, 
knowing that the Lord, or knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain, or abounding in the work of the Lord. Your work is unto Him. Your work is unto God. So, David was faithful, he was committed, and he was consistent. And because of this, and because of the call of God on his life, he was anointed king. Now we see that he was a young age when he got anointed. He's somewhere between 15 and 17 years old because he didn't become a king until he was 30 years old. So there was some time before he actually became what he was anointed to do. And there will be different seasons in your life where God will put different anointings on your life to do things. But can I tell you right now, trust in God. And when you do, that anointing that he gives you will cause you to do his will and his purpose. See, Jesus was anointed. It says in Luke chapter 4, or actually, yeah, Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, full of the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 4, verse 14, it says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. If Jesus, being full of the Spirit of God, to do what? Well, he was anointed to preach, he was anointed to teach, and he was anointed to heal. This is what Jesus did. If he had an anointing on him, can I tell you that you have an anointing on you as well? You have an anointing. In 1 John, verse 27, again, it says this. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. In John chapter 15, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. And in verse 4 it says this, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. That word abide means to remain. It means to tarry, to not depart, to be present, to be held it refers to a reference of time, continuous, to continue, to not perish, to endure, to last, to survive, to live. In a state of condition, it means to remain. You can turn it down. Turn it down, please. Not to become another or different, to wait or to await for one. You are abiding in Jesus. It says when you abide in him and he in you, you will produce. We've been talking about for the past year now, or for the past, sorry, the beginning of this year, about multiplication, multiplying, producing fruit, growing, increasing. See, when you put God's work first, you're going to see multiplication in your life. 
When you abide in him, you're going to produce fruit. You're going to produce fruit. But when you don't abide in him, well, what does it say? Well, it says this. Give my note. There we go. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so they can bear more fruit. So he says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Church, we're supposed to bear fruit. How do you do this? Abide in him. Abide in him. David abided in God. And because of that, he was anointed king. He was anointed king. See, you got to abide in him. And when you abide in him, just like 1 John says, when you abide in him. Next time I'm going to name these or number these words, uh, notes. There it is. You have no need that anyone should teach you, but his anointing teaches you. And it is true and there's no lie. Just as it's taught you, it teaches you to abide in him. The anointing does. Can I tell you right now that there are degrees and levels of his anointing in your life. And when you are in him more, when you abide in him more, you know when that level of anointing is there. There's been times in church where you just know that God is in the room. You can tell when somebody is anointed to preach. You can tell when somebody is anointed to teach the word. Because not only are they preaching God's word, but they have an anointing on it to do so. David was anointed king because of who he was in Christ or in God. See, you're anointed to do God's will and purpose and whatever he's called you and purposed you to do, whatever he's called and purposed our church to do, we are anointed to do God's plan to fulfill the vision of our church. Can I tell you that if you are here today, and if you plant yourself into the house of God, into this place, there's an anointing in this body, in this church for your family. You're part of it. See, this wasn't a man's plan or a man's idea to start this place. It was God's plan. It was God's vision that came to our pastor. And you're part of that. You're a product of that. I'm a product of that. And because of that, it is affecting this region because what God started, man cannot stop. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.